Audible. From the home of digital content, to where you are right now, it's a wrap. Episode 1. step on this field. Jackson with an X. What's one of our goals when we step on this field? Do your best Okay, not even close. Did we learn anything this season? Our goals, no, not even close. Our goals <laughs> are, listen, listen, disgrace the pitcher's family, make the other players cry, and stomp their butts into the ground. Does everyone understand that? There's two types of people in this world. There's winners, and there's losers. If your dad, they said, oh, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, just as long as you have fun. Well, I hate to say it, your dad's a loser. That team's pretty good, but we are gooder. So let's go gooder on three. One, two, three, gooder! Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I'm looking at a bunch of hungry football players that have a job to do. You seniors, you've been working to this point your whole football life. Make this 48 minutes the best 48 minutes you've had in your football career. Play like a raving lunatic that has nothing to lose because you don't. And when you realize that, that's when you make the decision and you're gonna play your best. Go, Peter! Because if you don't, 
You don't have it tomorrow. You don't get another 48 minutes. That's what we're here for. The pride, the tradition, the family. Yeah, about guys in this room. Nothing else. 48 minutes for everybody who's here. Do you understand me? Yes, folks. Do you understand me? This was to be our moment. Put us on the map. Here we would claim our five minutes. The way some people seem to do. Like for a week, when for some reason everybody in the world seems to know Bianca Jackson from the afternoon shift at Walmart on Vermona Parkway, Albuquerque. They approach her. Shower her with attention that she never really recovers from. And then six days, a handful of hours, and a portion thereof later. Just as she has decided that she may as well accept and embrace her newfound fame. Bianca, what was it? These are gonna be the worst signatures <laughs> okay. ever. 
The point is none of us were ever gonna make the field for the school's football team, the Gators, in any formal sense. But that didn't mean we couldn't still play our part. We just had to do it in our own way. Be creative. It started as a kill time conversation between religious and music. Shim leans in, east in the frame. A pause. Then north, west, and after a beat south fill the rest of frame. In less than 20 words Shim, an orator of some note, paints a picture that got us so tickled we laughed on it for two full months. And I mean all the time. Anytime we saw each other, someone would fall clutching torso, picture painted behind eyelid, and the rest would follow. Even now, a quarter of a decade later, if one of us starts laughing out of nowhere. We're all laughing out of nowhere. Same picture projected onto back of same eyelids. The idea of our glory, became a plan, and quicker still, a plan became more complicated thanks to the older but wiser knowledge held by Shim's older brother, Panny, one afternoon, after a date with a world of promise, didn't show. Pretty quick, and without our notice, the dough got overworked. What was loose, tightened. The plan? Crosstown rivals, the Bears of Vermont County, for those who know those parts, had only scored three times. That was three times in total, for that season. For those not familiar with football, that was unheard of. We planned to pay tribute to that once-in-a-lifetime low, by digging up the entire home sides and zone on their school's newly laid football pitch. Joke being. Nothing has been planted here all season, so nothing new will grow here come finals. Now Panny, Shim's brother, threw in the first spanner. He was quick to point out, that that would be a larger task than we were anticipating. Four young lads, digging up an entire third of a football field overnight? With four shovels? Under the covert cover of night? We had to agree. Thankfully he also had an easier plan. He leaned in and asked us if we had ever heard of what happens, when you mix chlorine, and milk, in a soda bottle? We all looked around shaking our heads, then convened our focus back to him as he directed our attention down to his fist. That fist, launched to a palm down, outstretched hand. Fingers moving wide, and the single word delivered in a whisper. Kaboom!
we agreed that a new plan had just been tabled and passed. Of course, we would appropriately make record of the three times they did score during the season. But how? One might imagine at this point a delay, as the back and forth develops about how to achieve this. But this wasn't the case at all. In fact, before the rest of the plan was even tabled, Shemet grabbed a couple of napkins, and sketched an appropriate design that we would spray paint onto the field. The picture on the napkin, we still marvel, is almost identical to the photo in the town herald the next morning. The photo, only missing some of the shading, and detail, on the most pronounced of the testicles. Luckily enough, James had a pool. And while summer had not yet arrived, that night we enjoyed it in all its spoils, for the first and last time that year. Consider yourselves lucky! And we did! We to this day, have not looked each other square in the eye and voiced just how close Jim was to losing his backside that night. He could have been a firework himself. It was close, and I knew it must have put the shiver up him. But I never asked. For some reason I just didn't ask. Shim, named in honor of his ability to get in and out of spaces, the size of which, to the breadth of our testing capabilities, defies logic to this day, was assigned the task of gathering the empty soda bottles required. James, Paul, and myself, would gather the two other ingredients, and we would meet with our bikes under Shim's second story bedroom window at midnight the following evening. Most of what went wrong would not have, if Rambo had not been released to the cinemas earlier in the year. John Rambo. They knew he was innocent. And they didn't give a damn. Don't push it, I'll give you a war you won't believe. It's over! Nothing is over! Shim and his brother Panny, had been to see the picture three times in the first two weeks of its opening. And this was never more apparent than it was that night. As he swung his leg out of his window and then struggled for 10 or so minutes, finally managing to get the top part of himself out. Shim turned towards us, as if he were in a slow motion action sequence. Shim, 4 foot 3, had two ammunition belts of soda bottles, running crisscrossed around his torso. Rambo style. He had spent some obvious time in the tool shed, and more than with some obvious pride. Truth be told, I don't think I can imagine anyone before, or since, who has looked as badass as he did when he got off that ladder. 
The other boys must have thought so too. Because as he turned around, the flashbulb of James' family's Canon camera illuminated for the longest second of my life. The plan. The arsenal. The evidence. And the four guilty parties. And Paul whispered. Patrick. We still marvel to this day, that if you hold the picture up of Shim that night, alongside the photo of the cover of Rambo, First Blood, they are almost identical. The only difference being in the detail, and the shading, around the most pronounced of the testicles. We made our way deep into enemy territory without incident. We slid down the bank to the right-hand side of the bear's end zone. And hardly managing our shaking hands. And barely suppressing our nervous laughter. Uncapped all the bottles. Also without incident. James was about four bottles from finishing the milk pour. And we were a couple of bottles behind him recapping the now-armed explosive devices. When without word or gesture, we simultaneously knew that we had used the words without incident. Perhaps for the last time in our lives. It was at this moment that two big problems presented themselves in a photo finish. 1. An arc of pickup truck headlights, swung across the field. Then another. Then another. The brightness of which lit up the bleachers on the other side of the oval. This new arrival to the festivities bought with it, the still to this day, more than 20 years later. Bitching guitars of the brothers young. The quiet night sky, no longer so, now joined by the voice of Cliff Williams. Who beckons to? Who lures, an animal to the stage? To speak of its torment. And Brian coos, then cries. Cause he was caught in the middle of the railroad tracks. In an imitation of the time-lapse photography of a flower's bloom. The hairs on our hands, arms, all the way up the backs of our necks stood on it. 2. Shim starts to stammer. Eyes wide lit. What? And afraid. I bring my eyes from his, back to the bottles. Whatever chemical reaction occurs when these two substances meet was well underway. Much faster than we've been led to expect. Holy fuck! 
I can still to this day close my eyes, and see in high def, slow-mo. Shim. Stammering. Starting to speak. Letting out two loud sobs. And in three strides, crossing the bank and starting across the field. Bringing himself and his dilemma, directly into the light. We could see he was trying to cut himself loose of the now-armed explosive devices criss-crossing the entirety of his vital organs. What he had spit and polished, shined bright, and with some pride, adorned. He now clawed at, wrestled, hacked at, with the old nicked blade of his pocket knife. Before you could finish a two count, Paul took off behind him. Unsheathing his McDundee, certified by signature, and stamped Croc 3488 hunting knife. Part of the 10 piece, limited edition series in the Crocodile Dundee gift collection offered to the members of the Reader's Digest Prize Alliance, along with four dinner-sized plates, thermos, t-shirt, pencil case, lunchbox, and pencil and eraser set. As I watched Paul gaining yards on Shim, hunting knife now freed and swinging wildly as he pumped his arms. I shook my object to art, and sprang out towards my canvas. As I ran, I saw Paul free Shim of one of the death devices and start working at the second as they crossed the halfway point of the field. Behind them, pickup trucks aggressively through clouds of dirt, gained traction, and shot off the sidelines, fishtailing towards their prey. The next part, I can frame by frame in my mind. The ammunition belts, now explosives, hit the grass one then another falling as they report. First to flow. First to blow. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six explosions tore a straight line towards Paul and Shim as they screamed toward the far side of the pitch, 50 yards away. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten explosions traced a line behind the boys, like a spitfire flown by the devil himself. The last one, was close. Within yards. 11. 12 booms rock the night sky. Our comrades coming away too fast, stumble, and catapult down the embankment on the other side of the field. Long grass cushioning their impacts just enough to avoid serious injury. I joined them, and as we rose back to our feet, a fourth body bowled us all over. Silhouetted above us, the specter said strangely. Fucking fuck fuck shit. I got it. See? This is the part where I explain, that the best bit about this story isn't hearing me retell it. It is hearing what actually happened. As though you were there. It's to hear what only the four of us can hear, in our minds. Blessed be. Fucking fuck fuck shit. To the introduction of the budget-friendly Galaxy Super 8 camera, purchased by the Thomas family, and wielded with the daring determination of their youngest child who burst out after his three friends, and filmed the entire extravagant, never before to be seen again, symphony of sound that was that evening. And we can put it on and press play whenever we want to. Therefore, I can end instead, in a more fitting manner. By luring you, closer to the stage, as an animal coos, then cries, and speaks of its torment. My name is Scout. 
and this is the story of me and my friends. This is a rat. us rise why do we raise our voices as one Scout. when did Every you learn the you salute right over left arms locked at the elbows till it burned in our joints and in our hearts each one of us remembers when we felt it the first time when you looked up and down those bleachers and saw alongside you okay that's straight when you first saw Gator. We woke up not in bedrooms, but in shrines. We weren't just cheering for a game or a win. We were rooting for something in ourselves. An acknowledgement. A realization. When you rise up and beat the sun to the punch, day after day, you accomplish something greater than a number on a scoreboard become a gator. <laughs> <laughs> 
Soon's episode 1. Tune in next time for the continuation of the Wrath.